0: All right, well, I think I've told you this before, Um, and if I have told you this before, just give me a nod. Like, I have told you this before, okay? Um, When I lived in Georgia, I was a middle school football coach. Did I tell you that before? Told you that before? Maybe. Some of you said maybe you just weren't paying attention. I don't know. But I was a middle school football coach, and I really enjoyed doing that. It was a lot of fun, but it was also really frustrating at times. Maybe you can imagine. I was a fifth and sixth grade football coach, and it was pretty frustrating at times, right? And here's one of the main reasons why it was frustrating. is because the same thing would happen every season. The same thing without fail would happen every single season. So we would start our practices in the summer, in the hot Georgia sun in July, the humid, just gross weather. We would start in July, and we would practice day after day after day. And there's only 5th and 6th grade, right? So we didn't have a ton of plays, a ton of things for them to know. We had like 10 plays. So we would just go play after play after play. They have to learn it, learn it, learn it. And what I would tell my kids every single day was, listen, if you want to win games... You need to listen to what I'm saying. You need to listen to what your other coaches are saying. You need to obey them. You need to just do what we tell you to do. When we tell you this play is to the right, you need to go to the right. When then the other one is to the left, you need to go to the left. If it's a pass play, you need a pass block. If it's a run play, you need a run block. It it seems very simple. And we would do this over and over and over every single day. And then August would come. And then school would start sometime in mid-August. And then we'd have our first game, like, like, I don't know, the end of August. And I would say, okay, guys, we got our game. It's coming up. What am I going to say? They would say, we need to listen to you. We need to do what you say. We need to obey our coaches. And I would say, okay, guys, you're ready. You're ready to go out here and play this game. And you know what would happen every single year? I would call a play, and they would not do what I told them to do. I would say, Zorro even. And Zorro even, that play is literally you just run the ball up the middle to the right side. That's all that is. And I'd have linemen blocking to the left. I'd have my quarterback trying to throw the ball when he's trying to, supposed to hand it off. It was just a disaster, a complete disaster. So I'd have to call a timeout. I'd be like, guys, what are you doing? Why are you not listening to me? Why are you not obeying what I'm saying? You practice this. You know this. You know it. I know you know it because I've seen you do it at practice day after day. Now all you have to do is just obey what the coaches are saying. And if you don't do that, then we're not going to win a game. we got to do this, guys. we got to do it. The problem was they knew it. They understood it. They could do it at practice. But it didn't ever translate, at least not at the beginning of the season, it didn't translate into them doing it, to them obeying what the coaches were saying. And in sports, if you want to be successful, you have to obey your coaches. It's not enough just to know what they're saying and to know what you have to do. You have to actually go out there and you have to do it. And that applies for a lot more than just sports, right? We're going to open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7 and we're going to see that when it comes to Jesus and the commands of Jesus that you need to listen to and you need to obey the commands of Jesus. So today we're actually going to be finishing up our series on the parables, right? So today's parable is the parable of the wise and foolish builders. Now there's lots of parables that we haven't covered, so you guys should be reading the Bible on your own to, to read the parables that we didn't get to talk about this summer. But, this is the last one we're going to do. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. And this parable is all about obeying Jesus. Obeying the commands of Jesus. A problem that many people have, and, and maybe some of you guys have this problem right now, is that you know what Jesus says. You've heard the words of Jesus before. But you refuse to do what he says. You refuse to obey the words of Jesus. And this is a problem because the Bible says that if you really love Jesus, then you will obey. So you need to hear the words of Jesus. You need to know the words of Jesus, and you have to obey what he says. So look at your Bibles now Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. It says this Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, was the fall of it. So we have Jesus talking, and he's teaching about obedience. You have to listen and obey. And if you obey, you will be like the wise man. And the wise man, he builds the house on a good foundation, on the rock. So no matter what comes, the storms that are coming, the house won't fall down. It's going to be fine. So he's saying, if you build your life on obedience to Jesus, then your life will be okay. Storms will come, things will pass And your life will not fall to pieces, your life will not crumble. But if you do the unwise thing, if you do not obey, just like the house fell, your life is going to look like that too. So you need to be wise and obey the commands of Jesus. So the, the main point here, if, you didn't, if you're not going to get anything else from what I'm saying, you have to get that. You need to be wise. You need to do the wise thing and obey the commands of Jesus. So here's point number one. I want you to write it down this way. First of all, you have to see the importance of Jesus' words. So Jesus says you need to hear and do what he says. But before you can even begin to do what he says, you have to understand that his words are important. And I don't just mean his words, as in the red letters in your Bible, if you have that kind of Bible. I'm talking about the entire Bible, the entirety of God's Word. You have to understand that it is important. And some of you have been hearing this for your whole life. Some of you were raised in the church, you've been told your whole life the Bible is important, you should read the Bible. But maybe you don't really understand why. Maybe no one has actually talked to you about, hey, this is the reason why you need to read the Bible. This is why it's important. Look, I don't want this to just be something that you know and you've heard before. But I want you to understand that reading the Bible, that God's Word is important. And it is one of, if not the most important things that you can do. 2 Timothy 3, 15 and 16. I want you to write that verse reference down. 2 Timothy 3, 15 and 16. You don't have to flip there, but I'm going to read it. It says, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So this letter is written by Paul, and it's written to Timothy, Paul's disciple Timothy. And he's telling Timothy, hey, the the Old Testament scriptures that you grew up reading, they're important because what they're doing is they're pointing to the need for a Messiah, for a Savior. That's what they're doing. So, So reading God's word is important because it helps you to realize that you are a sinner and you need a Savior. If you've heard people share their testimonies enough, then you've probably heard a testimony that sounded something like this. I was not a Christian, but someone gave me a Bible, and I became really interested and curious about what the Bible had to say. So I started to read the Bible, and I read Genesis, I read through the Old Testament, I got to the Gospels, and then I started reading about this guy named Jesus. And Jesus lived a perfect life. And the Bible said that Jesus is actually God. So God came down and he lived a perfect life, But they didn't like him. They hated him. And so they killed him. And they put him on a cross. And when he was on the cross, he took my sin. And he took the punishment for my sin. And he was risen from the dead. And now I can be saved if I put my trust in him. And then they'll say, and I did that. I read this in the Bible and I believed it. And I put my trust in Jesus. And now I'm a Christian because I read what the Bible says. The Bible is so important. Because it leads people to salvation the gospel of Jesus Christ contained in God's word it leads to salvation so first and foremost you have to understand that is why it's important and second Timothy also says that God's word is important because it's profitable for teaching the Bible is important because it teaches you things things that you need to know so once you become a Christian the Bible teaches you how you should live It leads to this thing that we call sanctification. Sanctification means being made more like Jesus. When you read the Bible, it sanctifies you. Hebrews 13.12 says, Jesus suffered in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. So when you're reading the Bible, you learn about the things that God loves and the things that God hates. You learn about what you should do and what you should not do. You learn how to please God with your life. And as a Christian, it should be your highest goal to please God with your life. So reading the Bible shows you how you can be more like Jesus. It teaches you the things that God wants you to do. You're not going to know it if you're not reading the Bible. You have to read the Bible. You have to understand that it's important because it shows you what God wants you to do. The Bible teaches you that, but it also teaches you things and it makes you wise reading the Bible, reading God's Word, will make you a wiser person. And we should all want to be wise people. We should want wisdom. Psalm 19.7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. It takes you and it makes you wise. And then even from our verses today, it says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like the wise man. Reading the Bible and doing what it says, it turns you wise. Have you guys ever made a decision before? Guys, pay attention. Have you ever made a decision before and then after you made it, you went, oh man, that was really not smart. I wish that I would have made a better decision. Anybody been there before? I've been there before multiple times. Well, reading the Bible and becoming more wise, you'll be able to make the better decision. You'll be able to make the decision that you wished you would have made. God's Word helps you to make the decisions that He wants you to make. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Have you guys ever been out in the dark and hold a lamp or a lantern, or maybe it's just the flashlight on your phone nowadays, right? And you just put it right in front of your feet, and you can see where you're going, and it lights up the way, so you know where you're going is the right direction. You know you're not going off the path. You've been there before? You've used light to to get get around in, in the dark? Well, that's what God's Word does for us. It'll show you the way to go. It makes you wise. It says, this is the way to go. God says, you need to go this way. This is the wise thing, this is the right thing, this is the good thing, and you need to go this way. God's word will guide your steps and show you the path to take in life. So God's word is important because it makes you wise. And God's word makes you a joyful person. Even when things are hard, God's word will make you a joyful person person. Philippians 4.4 4 says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. It's possible to have joy, to be a joyful person even when life is really, really hard. Have you ever met someone like this? Have you ever met someone that you know is going through a hard time, but they just keep smiling and they're just positive and they're kind and they're loving? Have you met someone like that before? Well, usually whenever you meet someone like that, the effect that it has on you is I wish I could be like that. I wish that I could have joy like that. Well, God's Word says that you can. Christians should have this joy. And reading the Bible makes you that way. God's Word is important because it makes you hopeful when things are dark. Whenever you're scared, whenever you're alone, God's Word will give you hope. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope Our God is called the God of hope. He gives hope. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Abounding in hope means like overflowing in hope. Reading the Bible, knowing what it says, having a close relationship with God through reading His Word will make you a hopeful person, because the God who abounds in hope will give you hope. His hope. There's always hope for a Christian because our hope is in Christ. No matter how bad things get here, no matter how hard your life gets here, you always have the hope of the future inheritance of heaven to be in the presence of Jesus one day. So no matter how hard things get, you can always look forward to that hope, that Jesus Christ is your hope. And reading the Bible helps you to remember this. And it also will bring you comfort Whenever you're sad, whenever you're alone, whenever you're afraid. Philippians 4, 7, it says, In the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 12 and 13, Paul says, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. So no matter what is going on in your life, God's word can make you at peace, can bring you comfort. That's why the words of Jesus are so important. And the last thing I'll point out is this, God's word is important because you learn his character through reading his word. All throughout the Bible, God tells us about himself, how he thinks, how he works, how he loves God's word tells us that he is faithful, that he is pure, that he is perfect, he's patient, he's compassionate, he's kind, he's loving, he's eternal, he's unchanging, he's just, he's mighty, and so much more. And you get to know these things about God when you're reading his word. And the more that you know about God, the more you will start to love him. God's word is so important. You need to see that His Word is important. It teaches you things you need to know. And the Bible is also profitable for reproof. Now, that word reproof is a little bit weird. You probably haven't heard that word in conversation lately. But that word essentially means rebuke. Sometimes, God's Word will rebuke you. It will tell you, hey, you are wrong. You are living in sin and you need to stop. And if we're all being honest... There are times where we need that, where you are sinning, you are living in sin, and you need God's Word to rebuke you and tell you to stop. When I was a kid, I was probably like nine or ten years old, I was staying at my grandma's house with my brother, my brother Austin. He's like two years younger than me. So we were were little, at my grandma's house, my parents were on vacation or something, and uh, we decided to go to the front yard and throw the football. So we go to the front yard of my grandma's house, and we're throwing the football, and I have no clue what happened. I don't remember what happened, but all I remember is that I got really, really angry at my brother Austin, like really mad. And so I just like, just raged and ran at him, and he was a lot smaller than me back then. He's much bigger than me now, so I couldn't do this. He could totally beat me up now, but back then, he was a lot smaller. So I literally, like, picked him up and, like, threw him on the ground. Like, I heard him. And he's crying. He's upset. And I'm just, like, yelling at him. I'm so mad. And I looked over, and I realized that my grandma was watching the whole time. She saw everything. And so she just looks at me, and she goes. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, no, okay. So I go to my grandma, and she says, go to my room. And sit on my bed and wait for me, and I was like, "Oh my, okay." So I walk to my grandma's room, and I'm sitting on the bed, and like five minutes go by. And listen, guys, I'm thinking this whole time, like, "What is my grandma gonna do to me? Like, like, is my grandmother about to spank me? Like, what is she about to do? Like, she's never done that before." So I'm like, "Oh no, this is it. I'm gonna die today. I don't know what's going on." My grandma, she walks in the room. She doesn't say anything. She sits down on the bed next to me. She's looking at me. And she opens her Bible. Not expecting that. Opens her Bible. And she flips over to the book of James. And these are going to be familiar because we just did the book of James recently. But here's what it says in the book of James chapter 1. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of god my grandma did not yell at me she did not spank me she didn't do anything she just sat down opened the bible and read those verses to me and god rebuked me through his word because of the way that i had just been angry and lashed out to my brother the conviction that i felt was so intense i i started to cry I was so upset because I knew that what I had done was sin, that God hated it, that I wasn't right. The more that you are reading the Bible, the more often that it's going to rebuke you. But that's a good thing. It's a good thing for you to open up God's word and for it to tell you when you are wrong. Because sin is sin and God hates sin and our desire should be to please him. So you have to understand the Bible is important because it teaches you so many things and the Bible will rebuke you when you're living in sin. And it also says the Bible is profitable for correction. So not only does the Bible show you, does God's word show you when you're wrong, but the Bible says that was wrong and this is what you have to do to correct it. Would it be helpful for your parents just to all the time say, hey, that was wrong, that was wrong, that was wrong, and to never tell you how to fix it? It wouldn't be helpful at all. It wouldn't be helpful if that's what the Bible did. But the Bible doesn't do that. The Bible says this is sin and this is what you have to do to correct it. So for me, for for, for my example of my brother, right? Anger was wrong, but I needed to be patient. I needed to be loving and caring to my brother. I needed to to stop, to repent from that sin and then to correct it by being more loving. So the Bible is important because it teaches you, it rebukes you, and it corrects you. And I hope that each of you can see that God's word is important. The Bible, look at me, the Bible is not just a random book that you should read to make your parents happy. The Bible is not just a random book filled with nice little sayings that will make your life better. The Bible is the word of God. It is a gift from God and it is so important for you to be reading the Bible. And I had to say this. You have to understand the Bible is important before you're going to go on and do anything else that Jesus says in this parable. You've got to understand that the Word of God is so important and and those are the reasons why it's important. So when Jesus says, anyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man, I want you to think about everything we've heard Jesus teach this summer. I'm just going to quickly read the list. Here, Here are the parables that we've heard this summer. The salt and light the speck in the log, the sower, the cost of discipleship, the mustard seed in the leaven, the prodigal son, the good Samaritan, the persistent widow, and today we have the wise and foolish builders. Jesus is saying, you need to know what that says. You need to know the words of Jesus. You need to remember what Jesus has said. You need to hear them. You need to do them. We did not spend all summer talking about the parables just so you can check a box and say, oh good, I've heard a sermon on that, I'm going to move on. We're talking about the parables of Jesus so that you can obey Jesus, so that you can please Him with your life. That should be your goal, that's what it's all about. You have to see the importance of the Bible, you have to read it, you have to know it, you have to obey it. James 1.22, it echoes what Jesus says here. And it says this, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If you're just a hearer of the word, if you're not a doer, then you are going to deceive yourself. So here's point number two. Know and obey Jesus' words. Know and obey. Look, as Christians, we are not just after a bunch of head knowledge. That's not what it's all about. We're not just after knowing as much as we can know and getting all puffed up in knowledge and proud because we just know so much. If you're not careful, you can turn into that person. The person who thinks just because you know so much about the Bible and you have so many verses memorized, that you're good. That you're better than everybody else because you have everything under control. You have it all memorized. That's not the point. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying you have to know everything and obey. But look, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Knowing the Bible is important. I don't want you to hear me say that and think, oh, I don't have to know it. You do have to know You should know it. It's knowledge plus obedience. You need to know what the Bible says. And how do you know what the Bible says? You learn what it says by doing what? Somebody tell me. How do you you know what the Bible says? By By reading the Bible. Congratulations, good job. You have to read the Bible to know what it says. You should all be reading the Bible. Do not assume. Do not make the assumption that just because you've gone to church a lot and you've gone to small group a lot that you know what the Bible says and you don't need to read it. When I was your age, I made that mistake. thought, I was good. I don't need to read this. I, I listen to sermons every Sunday, every Wednesday. I'm, I don't need this. But I did not know what it said if you're not careful, the same thing can happen to you. <clears throat> you need to read the Bible for yourself. You need to commit it to memory. Psalm 119 is really good. It's all about God's Word and reading it and memorizing it. So Psalm 119, verse 11, it says, I have stored up your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Are you storing up God's Word in your heart? Do you know it so well that you, have, you treasure it, that you love his word? That it's, it's stored up in your heart. Verse 16, it says, I will delight in your statutes. That means law. That's, that's the Bible, God's law. Do you, do you delight in God's word? Do you love God's word? He says, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. How often do we just forget what we read? Because we don't think it's that important. And then Psalm 119.18 says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. God's word is full of wonderful, wonderful things. Now, a lot of times what happens is that you just think you know what the Bible says because you've just heard a lot about it. Again, don't make that mistake. I'm sure it's obvious by now because I've said it enough, but you need to be reading the Bible. You've got to be reading it. You've got to make the decision to read the Bible. Just make a decision. If you say you love God, then make a decision. Okay, I'm going to start reading the Bible. I'm going to set an alarm every day at the same time, and I'm going to read it. Even if it's just for five minutes a day, and then ten, it'll turn into more. You've got to be reading God's Word. You guys have heard of the Pharisees before, right? The Pharisees. Now the Pharisees, they were a group of Jews who were known, they were they were popular because of how much they knew about the scriptures. That's what they were known for. They were really smart. They had a bunch of knowledge. They would many of them would memorize large portions of what's called the Torah. The Torah is the first five books of the Bible. And they would memorize large portions of it. Think about how many chapters are just in the book of Genesis. A lot of them had that whole book memorized. Some of them had the the first five books of the Bible completely committed to memory. There are some things about the Pharisees that we should take notes from. That is impressive. They knew what the Bible said. They would commit it to memory. They understood that it was important and they would memorize it. So we should know what the Bible says. But the Pharisees had a major, major issue. They knew a lot about it. They had, they had a lot of it memorized. But they didn't obey. They only had one half of it down. They knew it, but they did not obey. And the Pharisees were known as hypocrites. Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. You guys have been to the cemetery before? And sometimes you can, you can see some, you know, gravestones or maybe even like tombs, like where it's like a, there's a door and like there's bodies in there. It's weird, but at some point that was what was popular, I guess. Um, sometimes they're really dirty or sometimes they're really clean. <clears throat> it's someone's job to go in there and to, to clean off these things, to pressure wash them, to sweep them, right? And they can look really nice on the outside and really, really shiny, <clears throat> but on the inside, There's a dead body there. In the inside, it's filthy. It's gross. There's disease. It's not a good thing. And Jesus called these Pharisees whitewashed tombs. Because on the outside, they looked great. They had the Bible memorized. They knew the answers. They were always in the synagogue. They knew what to do. But on the inside, it was just dead. Because they didn't obey. They didn't have it all. They knew, but they did not obey. And if you're not careful, you can be the same way. If you're someone who's just puffed up on knowledge, and you know so much, and you know so much, and you think that that makes you better than other people, maybe you're just like the Pharisees. So you don't need to just know what the Bible says. You have to obey what Jesus says. Your knowledge of the Bible, it only means something when it motivates you, when it pushes you to action. I'm going to say it again. Your knowledge of the Bible only means something when it pushes you to action, whenever you are actually obeying what the Bible says. Because even people who are not Christians know what the Bible says. There are so many people in the world today who are not Christians, and they will probably never become Christians But they know what the Bible says. They've studied it. They want to know what it says. So it's clear that knowledge is not everything. It's not everything at all. Some of the most intelligent people in the world today, some of the most intelligent people in the world today are atheists. But a lot of these people have large portions of the Bible memorized. Does that make them a Christian? No, of course not. Because they don't trust in Jesus. They don't obey You have to know and obey. I want you to imagine that you went to the doctor Let's say, "Tomorrow you have a doctor's appointment, and you go to the doctor, and your doctor says, "Hey, we just found out that you have this virus, and it, it, it could be really bad. If you don't do exactly what I say, then you will die. But I have the solution. I know what you need to do, you need to take this medicine, you need to do these things, and if you do what I say, if you do exactly what I say, then you'll be fine and you'll survive. How foolish would you be to go home and to just ignore what the doctor said? They'll be so foolish. They'll be completely foolish. But look, the truth is, maybe you don't do that with your doctor, but you do that with the words of Jesus. Jesus says you need to listen and obey. You need to do what I say, but then you just choose not to. And that's wrong. You need to know what the Bible says. You need to obey what the Bible says. So I want you to listen to what God's word says about the importance of obedience. This is is the words of Jesus right here. He says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That was Jesus. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He can't be any more clear. He can't be any more straightforward. If you say that you love Jesus, if you say that you're a Christian, you say you love him, but you are disobeying him and you know it, the Bible is clear. James 1.22 says that you're deceiving yourself, that you're lying to yourself that you're just saying this so that you feel better about yourself. You need to know and obey the words of Jesus. Jesus says that the person who knows his word and obeys his word is like the wise man, the wise person who built his house on the rock. So this house that this person is building, the house represents your life. And the rock, the solid foundation that you need to build your life on, is obedience to the words of Jesus. You have to build your life on obedience to Jesus Christ. Growing up, my dad was a contractor, which means that he built houses mostly. And what he had to do before he started building any houses was he had to Get a piece of property, had to get the, it's called a lot, He he had to get a lot, he had to get it checked out, and have to get people to say, You're good, you can build a house on this lot. And then he would say, Okay, well, first thing, I've got to pour the footer. So he would get the framers and they'd frame out the footer, which is like the base, the foundation of this house. They'd frame it with wood and they'd fill it and then he'd get the big concrete truck and the concrete would pour the concrete down and they'd smooth it out and they would sit for a while and that was the foundation of the house. And then people would have to come and check out the foundation. They'd have to look at it, inspect it, are there cracks? Is it, is it offset? Is it uneven? And if it checked out the box, if it was good, then my dad could start building a house on it. Because at that point, they knew that the house would be fine. That if a storm came, most likely it wouldn't fall that it would not, for that it would be fine. So that was the wise thing to do. Imagine if my dad had just found a random lot, just of sand, and said, okay, this is good, let's build the house. And he just started to build the house on the sand. What if a hurricane came? know oh, You guys don't get those out here, but in Georgia we get them all the time, right? What if a hurricane came? Right? And that means a lot of rain, okay, just in case you didn't know. A lot of rain, a lot of winds, flooding, crazy stuff. The house would wash away. The sand would go away. It would just go, the house would literally just go down the road, just washing away. It would fall to pieces, it would crumble apart. So the wise thing to do when you're building a house is to find a good foundation. Well, you and me, what we need to do is we need to be wise builders and build our lives on obedience to Jesus' words. So we have to do. Your mindset should be, today is going to be a day where I obey Jesus. No matter what comes my way, no matter what situation I find myself in, no matter who I'm with, no matter if I'm with this friend group or that friend group, what I'm going to do is I'm going to obey the words of Jesus. Your life should be built on obedience to Jesus. Now Jesus, he says that the rains fell, the winds blew, the flood came at the house and it didn't fall because it was built on the rock. Now, the, the rain, the wind, all these things, it represents two different things. The first thing that it represents are your trials, the hard things that come at you in life. And the second thing that it represents is final judgment, God's final judgment on humanity. All right, so here's point number three. Confidently persevere through trials and judgment. The wise man who built his house on the rock didn't have to worry that it was going to fall. No matter how crazy the storm was, no matter what was going on, he did not have to worry the house was going to fall. And if you build your life on obedience to the words of Jesus, trials will come, bad things will happen, but because your foundation is on the rock that is God. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna make it through. You will persevere through trials and hard times. Look, I've said it before and I'll keep saying it again being a Christian does not mean that your life is gonna be perfect. That's what the entire parable that we talked about, the cost of discipleship, like a while back, that's what it was all about. Life is gonna be hard. Being a disciple of Jesus is not easy. But if you build your life on obedience to God's word, you're going to face things that are difficult, but you will never be overtaken by these trials. That you will make it through. That God's presence will be with you. That you will be okay. And that's a wonderful promise. That's a comforting promise to know that no matter what comes, if you're building your life on Jesus, then you'll be okay. But listen, what's even more comforting is that because the proof of whether or not you love Jesus is in your obedience to him. If you're living a life of obedience and you say, I'm I'm obeying Jesus, I love Jesus, then you can be confident that you're a real Christian. You understand? That that you can just be confident. This is what the Bible says that a real Christian will do. And if I'm doing this, then I know that I'm a real Christian. And you know that when your time comes to an end, and, and when God says, hey, all this is over, the world as we know it, it's done. The book of Revelation, whenever everything comes to pass, you, just, you will be confident, you will know that when judgment comes, God will look at you and he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And that should be what we all, what you all desire to hear more than anything else, is God to look at you and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So look, as we're bringing this series on parables of Jesus to a close today, I want you just to think about a few things. First of all, are the words of Jesus important to you? I want you to think about that. I want you to answer it honestly in your mind. Are the words of Jesus important to you? Are you listening and obeying the words of Jesus? Or are you ignoring them and disobeying the words of Jesus? It's one or the other. There's no third option. You're either obeying or not. Which one is it? Have you put your trust in Jesus? You need to know the answer to that question. You need to know if you've done it, if you haven't, if you're a Christian or if you're not. And the last thing I want you to think about is this. If you were to die today, nobody knows when your time is coming. None of us know when our time is coming. It it could be any second. If you were to die today, would you hear God say to you, well done, good and faithful servant? Or would you hear God say, depart from me, I never knew you. There is no third option. It's one or the other. And trust me, you want to hear God say, well done. So you have to think about your life. You have to think about the way that you're living. Are you just filling up with a bunch of head knowledge or are you really obeying the commands of Jesus? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for all these parables that we've learned from this summer. God, help all of us to remember them. God, help us to know what your word says and to obey your word. God, please help us to understand that the Bible, that your word is so important, that it's so important for so many reasons, the teaching and, and the reproof and the correction. God, let us build our lives on obedience to your word. Help us to do that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.